premillennial, pre-tribulational, dispensational, independent, and standing on the inspired, preserved Word of God, the King James Bible, as our final authority, this is the Sword of the Spirit Podcast with your host and Bible teacher, Joseph Ruciello. Take your Bible, sit back, and join us as we open and study the Word of God. And now, here's your host. Well, hey folks, this is Joe Ruciello, and it is great to be with you once again as we open up and study the precious Word of God, your King James Bible. And you know, folks, as always, wherever you are, whenever you are, and whatever platform it is you find yourself listening to us on, it's always my prayer that you also find yourself in the grace and in the mercy of our Lord and Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. All right, and we are coming to you live from the Asylum Studios here in the bowels of Southwest Texas, the beautiful city of Eagle Pass. Well, folks, you know, for the last 18 weeks, we have been working our way through the book of Revelation, verse by verse, chapter by chapter, line upon line, precept upon precept. And it has for sure been a challenging study, to say the least. Now, uh, tonight, we're going to be getting into chapter number 16 on our Thursday night Bible study. And, uh, folks, there is absolutely no doubt about this chapter as far as uh, the, the placement of time of this chapter. Uh, nothing like we read in this chapter has ever happened in this world, ever. These events are clearly Daniel's 70th week, the seven years of the tribulation, which follows the rapture of the church. Now, if you've been with us, you know that the church gets raptured out in uh, chapter 4 of the book of Revelation, and then everything just goes downhill from there. Now, just like chapter 15, these events that we're going to be looking at tonight uh, deal with the last half of the tribulation. That's the last three and a half years of the tribulation. And and honestly, uh, if you really look at it carefully, uh, this could possibly even be the last few months leading up to the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. But before we get into the rest of our study for tonight, I'm going to ask you to do just two things for me. First of all, would you please visit our website, swordofthespiritpodcast.com. That's swordofthespiritpodcast.com. And when you get over there, head over to our contact section. And why don't you send us over a message? Let us know whatever's on your heart, whatever's on your mind, any questions, comments, cares, or concerns that you might have. And also, don't forget to send over those prayer requests. I really do read all the prayer requests that come in. And uh, I do take time. Uh, during my private time, my devotional time with the Lord to pray over those needs uh, for you and right along with you. And then, of course, uh, with your consent, we bring it before the Sword of the Spirit podcast family, and we pray about it together. Uh, So you can do that by using that little contact form that we have. But if you don't like to use the contact form, hey, that's fine. You can always email me directly at info at swordofthespiritpodcast.com. That's info 
at swordofthespiritpodcast.com. Now, also, while you're on the website, would you please look for that Support This Podcast button? And when you find it, would you consider supporting us with a small monthly contribution? You can set it up for $0.99, cents, $4.99, or $9.99 per month. Now, I know the economy's hard and tight for a lot of us, and uh, maybe doing a monthly recurring contribution right now might not be something you can handle. But if you can make a one-time contribution, uh, we would appreciate that just as much, and you can do that by clicking on the Waygiver button, or you can scan the Cash App QR code, which is on our website as well. So, folks, why don't you pray about it? And if the Lord leads you to do it, and if these podcasts have been a blessing to you in any way, if the live broadcasts have been a blessing to you, and if you'd like to become an active part of this ministry, your contribution will go a very, very long way, and I would be extremely thankful for it. Now, of course, before we go any further with the show, we always take a moment here just to thank the Lord Jesus Christ uh, for all that he has done for us. And uh, I always want to thank the Lord, first and foremost, for, uh, for providing the gift of salvation. Salvation today in this age is a free gift. It, there is nothing that you can do to earn your salvation. Uh, going to church is not going get to sal- get you saved. Uh, your baptism is not going to get you saved. Uh, taking that little cookie is not going to get you saved. Uh, the only thing that's going to get you saved is putting your full faith, trust, and confidence in the Lord Jesus Christ and the blood that he shed for you on Calvary's cr- cross. Now, 20, going on 23 years ago, uh, I called upon the Lord Jesus Christ, and he saved me. And uh, it's a decision that uh, as each day goes by, each day gets sweeter and sweeter and sweeter. Uh, the fellowship that you have with the Lord Jesus Christ is unlike any type of fellowship or friendship or family relationship you'll ever have. It's the most incredibly wonderful experience being in the service of the great king. So why don't you take a moment right now and ask the Lord Jesus Christ to save you? All it takes is just a step of faith and putting that full trust and confidence in his perfect shed blood. And all you have to do is ask. All you have to do is say something like, Lord Jesus, I am a dirty, rotten sinner. I'm on my way to hell. But I believe that your blood is the all-sufficient payment for my sin. And Lord Jesus, I ask you to wash me and cleanse me with your precious blood and save me. And folks, I'm going to tell you that if you pray a prayer similar to that, and you are sincere from your heart, the Lord Jesus Christ will save you. And he will transform your life. So why don't you call upon the name of the Lord and be saved? You can do it right where you're sitting. I also want to take a moment and thank the Lord Jesus Christ for, of course, uh, giving me this incredible ministry. Uh, This is something that... uh, I have looked to do for many, many years. Uh, uh, you know, opportunities were before me, but it just never took off until now. And the lesson that that taught me was it has to be in the Lord's time, not my time. 
And uh, I am so thankful for the opportunity to come here every single week and to sit down and open up the Word of God and to uh, and, and just like you, just, just, just sit there together, pool our ignorance together, and try to learn something and take something from the Word of God that we can apply to our lives, we can take out into the world with us, and we can use when we talk to folks about their soul. So it's a real blessing, a real blessing, and I am so thankful to the Lord Jesus Christ for allowing me to have this ministry. Now, I also want to say thank you to all of you who support us prayerfully. Thank you so much for your prayers. God bless you for them. Please continue to pray for this ministry. Please continue to pray for my family. Please continue to pray for me uh, as we move forward here with the Sword of the Spirit podcast. Uh, it's, it's the moment that you start to serve the Lord Jesus Christ, you can guarantee that you're going to have some fiery darts thrown your way. So uh, your prayers are so, so very important to me. Thank you so much for them. Please continue to pray. Also want to say thank you to all of you who already support us financially. God bless you for your financial support. Thank you so very much for it. Your financial support really does go a long way when I tell you that every time we meet. Uh, your financial support helps to pay for all the platforms and um, all the feeds and such that we, that we have. It also goes towards purchasing materials that we send out when folks ask for Bibles. Uh, we use those funds that come in to, uh, to pay for those Bibles. Uh, also, you know, we have sent money to active missionaries around the world through the financial support uh, of, of you guys, and it has been a tremendous, tremendous blessing. So thank you for your financial support, and God bless you for it. Also want to say thank you, of course, to every single one of you who listen to everything that we put out there, who tune in faithfully to, uh, to all of the episodes that we, po- that we post. Uh, thank you so much for that, and God bless you for that. And I hope and I pray that it's a real blessing to you to, to open up the Word of God with us and study with us. Uh, because of the plays and the downloads, we are fast approaching over 12,000 plays and downloads over the course of the last year. And it it has just been absolutely amazing to watch how the Lord's been working with this. We've seen a number of folks that listen uh, get saved through this ministry, and that's a tremendous blessing as well. Uh, We've been able to send out those Bibles to folks, and that's great. And it's, it's everybody, every single person should have a copy of the Word of God. God gave it to us exactly for that reason. That's like our instruction manual. And uh, because of your plays and downloads, this, this Bible study, this podcast is being spread throughout the world, and it is just, it's, it's amazing. So thank you so much to all of you uh, who, uh, to listen in faithfully. Thank you for, uh, for sharing the show with, with your friends, uh, your family, on your social media accounts, and on the platforms that you're on. I, I love the Good Pods platform. It's one of my favorite. Uh, but, you know, we're also on Spotify. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Amazon. We're on Pandora. We're on a number of different platforms. And, uh, but, uh, you know, wherever it is that you're listening, just please, please be sure to like, subscribe, and share it with your friends, your family, and your followers. That way you'll help us spread the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. All right, folks, how about some announcements?
righty. Well, uh, just as a reminder, we have our Thursday night Bible study, which is tonight, and uh, we meet every Thursday evening at uh, 7 p.m. Central Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. And uh, over the last several weeks, we've been going through the book of Revelation, and uh, it's been a real challenge. It's been a real blessing to go through it with you. And uh, again, I hope it's been a blessing to you as well. And uh, tonight we'll be getting into Revelation chapter 16. So it's a, it's, it's, it's a, it's a really in-depth study. It's a detailed study. It's, uh, there's just so much information in here. We'll get into that. I'm going to start preaching already, and I don't want to do that. All right. Uh, so you can, you can hear the Thursday night Bible study by uh, visiting our website, swordofthespiritpodcast.com. We have our player up on the homepage there. You can listen in right there. Or you can go to our host site, uh, which is Spreaker. You go to Spreaker.com and just search for the Sword of the Spirit podcast. Uh, also, we have our Sermon Sunday broadcast, which would normally be, be which would normally be meeting at 3 p.m. Central Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time. But like I told you uh, last week, we or the week before, that uh, we are taking off from the Sermon Sunday. Uh, for last week and this week coming up. So uh, when we, when we uh, dismiss from here, we'll be reconvening next Thursday evening. Now, you could also hear the Sermon Sunday broadcast um, on, our, on our website at swordofthespiritpodcast.com, or you can, again, visit our host site, spreaker.com, and you could search for us over there. Now, folks, if you are in the Eagle Pass area and you're looking for a good King James Bible-believing and Bible-preaching and teaching church, why don't you consider paying us a visit over at First Baptist Church of Eagle Pass? We meet at 664 North Monroe. Our Sunday school hour starts at 10 a.m. Our main worship service begins at 11 a.m. Our Sunday evening service is at 6 p.m. And our Wednesday night Bible study is at 7 p.m. For more information, all you need to do is visit the church's Facebook page. And to do that, just log into Facebook, search for First Baptist Church of Eagle Pass. And once you're there, you're going to find a lot of really helpful information. And, of course, you'll also find episodes of this podcast there as well. Now, uh, you know, we always want to say thank you to the folks at First Baptist Church and, of course, to our pastor and our friend, John Monk, for allowing us to use the church's Facebook page to post the episodes uh, that we've done. And uh, I don't have a Facebook page. I don't particularly want a Facebook page. I don't even really need a Facebook page. So, um, but the fact that the church allows us to use theirs has been a real blessing to us, and we're very, very, very thankful for it. Now, uh, like, like I say, you know, we've been going through the book of Revelation, and, and right now where we are, we're in the last part of the tribulation period that we're studying, not that we are in this age right now, the last part of the tribulation. I hope you understand that. Uh, but we are studying the last part of the tribulation period. And uh, if you're not saved prior to the rapture of the church, you are going to go through the tribulation. And if you're going to go through the tribulation, if you decide that you don't want to get saved now, you want to, ah, whatever, I'll put it off, I'll do it when I can, when I have more time, or let me try to fix myself first, and then I'll do it. You know, if, you're going to, if, you, if you decide to go that route and you miss the rapture of the church and you're going to go through the tribulation period, well, then you're going to want to know how uh, to. Uh, you're going to want to know about your uh, preparedness and self-sufficiency, right? Of course you would. So you would want to get into prepping, wouldn't you? You want to be prepared. So 
With that said, I'd like to tell you about the Contra Radio Network. The Contra Radio Network is a single podcast housing nearly a dozen talented podcast and vidcast hosts and artists from around the country who release content daily. The Contra Radio Network podcast releases 15 to 20 shows a week depending on current events, and there are no issues that are off limits to anyone, any of these patriots. You want to break down a current events? We got it. You want to know more about preparedness and self-sufficiency, especially if you're going to go through the tribulation? We got that, too. You want a guy driving around ranting like a lunatic? Well, strangely enough, we have that. Uh, if you want to hear more about politics, Bible studies, sports, camping, firearms, and more, well, the Contra Radio Network has it all covered in spades. You can find the Contra Radio Network on all of your major podcasting platforms, and you could also find them at www.crn.best. That's www.crn.best. Now, folks, I also want to tell you about my, uh, my good friend and my brother in Christ, Chase Tobin. Chase has a, uh, a wonderful little podcast called The Three Pillars Podcast. Uh, great, great study material. And uh, if you haven't checked him out yet, you should definitely do that. Uh, short episodes, maybe about 30 minutes, uh, maybe a little bit more than 30 minutes, but really, really quick episodes that you can probably sit there and digest a few of them at least if you haven't caught up to all of them. Now, uh, that's the Three Pillars Podcast, and the Three Pillars Podcast focuses on personal growth, utilizing the three pillars of fitness, spiritual, mental, and physical. Chase drops a new episode every Friday morning, and I'm telling you, it's the first podcast that I listen to on my Friday mornings. So definitely check out Chase Tobin's Three Pillars Podcast. You can find them on all of your major podcasting platforms, uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Good, Good Pods as well. And you can also find them on YouTube if you want the video version. Or, to be honest with you, if you really want the better platform, Rumble. Head over to rumble.com and you can find Chase there as well. Also want to tell you about the Busy Believer podcast, which is put out by a, a good sister in Christ, Monica Hansen. Uh, she drops a new episode every Wednesday, and she's available on all of your major podcasting platforms as well. And uh, you can check her out. We've, we're going to run a spot for her in just a little bit where you can get all of her contact information as well. Now, folks, don't forget to sign up for our programming announcements email. All right, all that is is just a subscription that we sent that we have. That uh, if there's any delay in our broadcast or any cancellation of a show or any change in our programming schedule, a guest, whatever it might be, we're going to send out an email to let you guys know what's coming down the road. Uh, it's the best way for us to do it, considering we don't do a broadcast every day. Uh, so, uh, in between Thursday and Sunday, or Sunday and Thursday, a lot of things can happen. So, a lot of changes can take place, and this is really the best way for us to get in touch with you. Uh, so, head over to our website, Sword of the Spirit Podcast dot com and look for that programming announcements subscription box on our homepage. Sign up, get on the list, and stay in the know. Now, also want to remind you about our sword swag. On our website, we have a little section called the sword swag, and on there you could find these great ceramic coffee mugs that we have, the Sword of the Spirit podcast coffee mug. And uh, you can get one of these coffee mugs for a $25 contribution. 
Or if you want to get one of these great Sword of the Spirit podcast T-shirts like I'm wearing right now, you can get one of those on there as well for a $35 contribution. Uh, If you'd like it, you could just click the little info button that's on the website and uh, send over what exactly it is you're looking for. And if you're getting a shirt, make sure you put your size. Uh, This way we can send it out to you. And then I'll send you the link of where you can make your contribution. And then we'll get that sent out to you as quickly as we possibly can. All right. Now, something else that I don't really mention very, very often is uh, even though we're not on really any of the uh, major um, uh, social media sites, uh, we do have a Twitter account for the show. And if you'd like to find us on Twitter, you could just uh, go to Twitter and look for at the SOTS podcast. That's at the SOTS podcast. And I look forward to catching up with you over there as well. And also, if uh, you have a Good Pods account or if you're going to get yourself a Good Pods account, which I encourage you to do, uh, you can uh, also find me there at the SOTS podcast as well. And uh, the reason why I like Good Pods so much is the fact that we can have interaction. Uh, you can listen to an episode, you can make some comments on it, and, and, and then I can respond back to those comments or questions that you have. And uh, it's been a real blessing. I've met some really great people through it that uh, have become uh, real faithful supporters of the show, and it's a real, real blessing to know them. So uh, you can head over to goodpods.com and get yourself a, uh, an account there. It's free. don't cost you nothing. And uh, you'll like it. I think you'll really, really like it. All right, folks. Well, that will take us to our first break of the uh, of the evening. Now, uh, we're doing our breaks a little bit different tonight. I'm trying something out, so uh, just uh, bear with us as we uh, test this whole thing out here. Just uh, if you have any comments about it, feel free to let me know. You can uh, email me at info at com, and I will be sure to get it. Now, also, if you have an active Spreaker account and you are logged into Spreaker, uh, you can also jump into our chat group on the uh, on the show's webs on the show's page on Spreaker, and uh, you can leave any comments, questions, or prayer requests there as well. All right, this is the Sword of the Spirit podcast. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share with your friends, your family, and your followers. Help us spread the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. We'll be back right after this. Don't go away. Hello and welcome to the Three Pillars Podcast. My name is Chase Tobin, a.k.a. Tobinator the Motivator, and I'm happy to have you here with me. This podcast is focused on a holistic approach to growth using the three pillars of fitness. Those are spiritual, mental, and physical fitness. Using these three pillars, we will build a foundation which we can all grow to be better uh, human beings on our walk with each other and our walk with the Lord. So without further ado, welcome to the Three Pillars Podcast. Hi, everyone. This is JJ, the co-founder of Good Pods. If you haven't heard of it yet, Good Pods is like Goodreads or Instagram, but for podcasts. It's new, it's social, it's different, and it's growing really fast. There are more than 2 million podcasts, and we know that it is impossible to figure out what to listen to. On Good Pods, you follow your friends and podcasters to see what they like. That is the number one way to discover new shows and episodes. You can find Good Pods on the web or download the app. Happy listening.
faith. Welcome to the podcast, Busy Believer, where we bring the Bible study to you when life has got you on the run. This podcast releases every single Wednesday with 20 to 30 minute episodes featuring clear cut, straight talk in the Word of God and actual takeaways from every session. You can expect me, your host, Monica Hansen, on every episode, and you can find this podcast on any podcast app on the planet, such as Apple, Spotify, Amazon, just to name a few. And if you'd like to subscribe to me, you could do so by going to linktree forward slash Warriors of God 70. All right, welcome back to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. This is Joe Ruciello, and uh, like we always do, uh, when we come back from that first break, we like to go through our prayer requests. Now, uh, we've had a couple of additions to the, uh, to the prayer list, and so we're going to go through those uh, very, very quickly, and uh, then we'll get into our Bible study uh, shortly thereafter. All right, now, first and foremost, we always pray for those that are in need of salvation. Salvation is the single most important decision you will ever make in your life. And the reason why it's so important is because it has eternal consequences. Uh, What you do with the Lord Jesus Christ will determine whether you spend an eternity in heaven or spend an eternity in hell, the worst place imaginable. And uh, a few months ago, we actually did uh, a couple of episodes back-to-back on, on heaven and hell. Well, actually, we did hell first, and then we, we talked about heaven uh, on, the, on the follow-up show. And um, got a lot of really good feedback from that, and um, they weren't easy messages. I mean, the one on heaven was a lot better, I think, anyway. Um, I really don't like to, to preach about hell. I really don't like to... to, uh, to, to, to devote so much time to talking about that place. But you know something? Uh, The Lord Jesus Christ talked about hell in his earthly ministry more than he talked about heaven. Did you know that? So uh, we we really do need to talk about it. And so we did a whole show on hell and what's it like and who's going there. And it's something that you should check out if you haven't heard it yet. Check it out. If you are still on the fence, go check it. Go check out the episode, Is There a Hell? And pay attention very carefully. All right? Now, on our prayer list for salvation, we are still praying for my mom, Diane. Uh, My mom is uh, up in New York, and she is currently in the hospital, and we're going to pray for her for for her health uh, shortly uh, when we get to that section of the prayer list. But we're praying for my mom uh, for her salvation. We're also praying for Cindy for her salvation. We're praying for David. Uh, also praying for the uh, all of the unsaved members of the Baldino family. Uh, Manuel, a uh, young man in our church, has asked for prayer for his mom. Uh, Sharon is on our prayer list for uh, salvation. And uh, also Adam, uh, a member of our church, uh, has asked for prayer for his dad is in also needed salvation. So let's go to the Lord in prayer for these specific needs. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, that we can come before the throne of grace tonight. Lord, we thank you for the tremendous gift of salvation that you've given us through your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we understand and we know that it is the most important decision we can make. So, Father, tonight I pray that you would just, uh, through the Holy Spirit, just move the folks on our 
prayer list for the, for salvation. Lord, I pray that you would just speak to their hearts, Lord, that you would draw them to yourself, and Lord, that you would give them the faith that they need to get saved and get saved today. Lord, I specifically pray for my mom tonight. Uh, we pray for Cindy. We pray for David. Uh, Lord, we pray for all the unsaved members of the Baldino family. Lord, you know exactly which ones they are. Uh, Lord, we pray for Manuel's mother. We pray for Sharon and Adam's father. And Lord, I'm sure there are others that need to be on this list. And Lord, I just pray that you move folks to reach out and allow us the opportunity and the privilege to pray for their salvation. So Lord, we just pray for those tonight and we ask you, Father God, to please save them. Lord, work in them, draw them in, and Lord, lead them to Christ. And we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, uh, we're going to go down to our sick list, and uh, we are praying tonight for, uh, for Pastor Martin. Pastor Martin is my pastor's pastor, uh, also his friend, and my friend too. Pastor Martin is 89 years old, uh, and uh, he still has a heart to serve the Lord. Uh, he served in pastoral ministry for, oh, I want to say 50 years, maybe a little bit more than that. And uh, he has a number of health concerns, uh, including uh, terribly poor vision, uh, eczema, blood pressure issues, uh, heart trouble. And yet, through all of that, Pastor Martin still, once a week, goes out and street preaches. And he still, even with the poor eyesight, reading through a, a, a high-powered magnifying lens, reads 10 chapters every day from his Bible. That's that's amazing. That's that's incredible. And that's uh, you know if if the the average Christian has a hard time devoting ten minutes to uh, to reading their Bible, Pastor Martin spends all day reading ten chapters because of how poor his vision is. So we want to continue to pray for Pastor Martin. We're also praying for Mario Martinez. We're praying for my mom. Uh, so. The story with mom is that she is back in the hospital up in New York. Um, she, uh, she has end-stage pulmonary uh, disease, and um, so we want to continue to pray for her. We want to pray for her health. Uh, we want to pray that the Lord would give her comfort and grace, and we also want to pray that the Lord will save her, that, uh, that she'll come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ as her Savior. We're also praying for my sister, Laura, uh, who has some back issues that she's been, uh, been struggling with. And uh, also, we, we want to pray also for, for Laura for, uh, for patience and for grace um, as she is uh, dealing with the, uh, all of the, the, the back and forth to the hospital and dealing with the administrators and the nurses and the doctors and everything and, and taking care of mom. And she does a fantastic job doing that. And, uh, you know, I am so grateful and so thankful uh, for my sister, the way she took care of our dad uh, in his last days and how she's taking care of mom now. It's just she's just an amazing, an amazing woman. And uh, I'm very proud of her. I'm very proud of my sister, uh, that she is my sister, even though I still insist that she's really adopted. But we'll leave that for another time. All right. <laughs> and she's, if she's listening, she knows I'm kidding. All right, uh, we're praying for uh, Sister Bernice also. Um, Sister Bernice uh, is a member of our church, and she has been, uh, she's been battling cancer for quite some time now. Uh, so we're praying for her, and we're praying that the Lord will increase uh, her appetite uh, as she's taking this new treatment that uh, uh, has some adverse effects. 
We're also praying for Bernice's mom, Laura, with cancer as well. Uh, we're praying for Janae, who has a, a heart condition. We're also praying for Sharon Baldino with cancer. We're praying for Martin Mata with lymphoma, Daniel Villarreal with leukemia, Alex Ortiz with uh, difficulties with his breathing, his lungs, and his brain. Uh, we're praying for uh, his son, Diego Ortiz. Uh, we're also praying for Hezekiah, a young man in our church who had some surgery and uh, is recovering very well, so we're going to continue to pray for him. Uh, we're also praying for Juan in San Antonio, who has uh, an aggressive and an advanced cancer. We're praying for uh, a good brother in Christ, Reuben, uh, who has a pinched nerve and uh, may actually require some surgery for that, so we're going to pray for him. We're also praying for Patricia Alvarado, uh, who has some kidney problems related to cancer. And we're praying for Jerry, who is uh, currently laid up with, uh, with a broken leg. Uh, going down our prayer list, we're going to be praying also for my brother-in-law, Jude, up in New York for his business as a contractor. And again, folks, uh, if you are in the New York City area listening in and you have a uh, contracting need, uh, you could uh, reach out to me and I'll put you in contact with Jude. He does great work and I'm sure that uh, he would appreciate uh, the opportunity to work with you. So uh, we're going to pray for him and for his business that the Lord will prosper it and that the Lord's, uh, Lord will bless the work of his hands. We're also praying for a good brother in Christ, uh, Federico Salinas. We're praying for him, for his family, for his ministry, for his service to the Lord. Uh, we're also praying for uh, another good brother in Christ, uh, Aldo, and his business over at Pro HVAC here in Eagle Pass. Uh, we're praying also that the Lord would continue to bless him, the work of his hands, and prosper his business. We're praying for, uh, for Alex, uh, for his uh, current work assignment, and we're praying that the Lord will continue to use him in a, in a mighty way as a, as a good witness to the Lord. Uh, we're praying for Liz for a uh, financial matter that she is currently working to resolve. We're praying for Angela for uh, the classes that she's starting uh, for, her, for her job. And we're also praying for uh, Jessica for her walk with the Lord. And it was great to see Jessica in church this past Sunday. What a blessing it was to see her. Uh, uh, what a fine young lady she is. And uh, we're so thankful that, uh, that she was able to come down from school over this summer break and, uh, and join us here in the church. And we're also praying for Isabella, uh, another, another wonderful young lady, uh, and her walk with the Lord as well. And then going down, uh, we have our unspoken prayer requests. Uh, Anna has an unspoken prayer request. Eduardo, Larissa, Hector, and Manuel also with unspoken prayer requests. Now, the unspoken prayer request is just very simply a prayer need that uh, perhaps you don't have the exact words to describe what you need, or that it's something very personal to you, and uh, only the Lord needs to know the specific details of it. So, uh, so that's what the unspoken prayer requests are for. All right. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you again, Lord, that you are the God of answered prayer. We thank you, Father God, that we can approach the throne of grace and we can do so boldly because when the Lord Jesus Christ was dying on the cross, he shouted out, it is finished. And it rent the veil in the temple in twain and gave us access to the Holy of Holies in the temple. And because of that, we have the ability to come boldly before the throne of grace. Father, we also thank you that you are a God of, uh, you are the great physician, and Lord, that we can come before you with all of those on our sick list tonight. 
Lord, we think of Pastor Martin, Mario Martinez, my mom, Diane, up in New York. Lord, we pray for her. We pray that uh, you would bring her comfort in these days ahead. We pray for Laura, my sister, and Bernice. Uh, Lord, we pray for her cancer, that you would bring healing, and Lord, that you would increase her appetite. We pray for her mom, Laura, also with cancer. We pray for Janae and her heart condition. We pray for Sharon and her cancer. We pray for Martin Mata and his lymphoma. Lord, we pray that you would just touch each one of them and bring healing. Father, we pray for Daniel Villarreal with leukemia, Alex Ortiz, uh, Diego Ortiz, and Hezekiah. We pray for Juan from in San Antonio with, the, with this aggressive cancer that he's dealing with. Lord, we lift up Reuben and Patricia and Jerry. And Father, we pray that you would touch each one of them and bring healing. And Lord, a speedy recovery to those that are laid out. Lord, we pray that you would uh, just just be uh, merciful, and Lord, that you would show grace, and Lord, that you would answer their prayers. Father, we also pray for uh, my brother-in-law Jude and his business. Lord, we, again, we pray for you to uh, prosper his business, Lord, and bless the work of his hands. We pray for Federico Salinas, great brother in Christ. Lord, thank you so much for him and his ministry. Thank you so much for his friendship and his fellowship. And, Lord, we just pray that you continue to bless him and hedge him about and protect him as he serves. Father, we also pray for Brother Aldo and his business at Pro-HVAC. Lord, we pray that you would continue to bless him and prosper him. We pray for Brother Alex and, uh, Lord, that you would use him as a, as a strong witness uh, at the workplace. And, Lord, that you would use him to, uh, to lead his coworkers and, and his colleagues to Christ. Father, we pray for Liz and her financial matter. Lord, we pray that you would bring it to a, a quick and swift resolution. We pray for Angela and the classes that she's starting up for her job. And Lord, we pray for uh, Jessica for her walk with the Lord. And we pray for Isabella. And then, of course, Lord, we also pray for the unspoken prayers of our hearts. Lord, we think of Anna. We think of Eduardo, Larissa, Hector, and Manuel. And Lord, we lift them up to you. And Lord, we pray that uh, you would answer their prayers. Lord, as you know exactly what the need is, Lord, you know exactly what the concern is. And Lord, we pray that you would answer their prayers and all of the prayers on our prayer list according to your perfect will for their lives. And Lord, we thank you for it. And Lord, we also want to pray tonight for our Bible study uh, as we're going to get into it just momentarily. We pray, Lord, that you would give me the words to speak. Lord, we pray that, uh, that you would allow us to proceed without any difficulties, uh, technical problems, or, or any troubles as we go through. And Lord, that uh, there's any that does not know Jesus Christ, their Savior, under the sound of my voice through the study tonight, Lord, that you would use this lesson and actually all the lessons we've done in Revelation uh, Lord, that you would, it would be the uh, exact motivation that they need to seek the Lord Jesus Christ to be saved. Father, we thank you so much for it all. We ask you to bless it as we go forward. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. All right, folks, if you have any prayer requests whatsoever, you could always uh, log into Spreaker if you have an active Spreaker account, and you can drop your prayer request in the chat group, or you can use the web form on our website, swordofthespiritpodcast.com, and send that over to us. Or you can always email me directly at info at swordofthespiritpodcast.com. All right. Uh, so before we go on to our, uh, our next break, uh, we do have a birthday that we're going to announce here. Now, uh, this, uh, this young man's birthday was actually a couple of days ago, but uh, tonight, uh, since... 
his, since his birthday fell on a day where we didn't do a show, uh, tonight we're going to wish Matthew, my son, a very happy birthday. Matthew, on behalf of the Sword of the Spirit podcast and the Sword of the Spirit podcast family and me, your very, very proud dad, happy birthday, son. I love you. Happy birthday, Matthew. God bless you. I love you. And uh, I'll give you a call after the show. All right, folks, uh, we're going to take our next break here, and uh, that'll give you a chance to go get your King James Bible if you don't already have it. Maybe grab a cup of coffee, a refill. I think I might be getting a refill myself. Uh, Maybe a bottle of water or whatever. And when we come back, we'll be getting into tonight's Bible study in Revelation chapter number 16. This is the Sword of the Spirit podcast. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share with your friends, your family, and your followers. Help us spread the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. We'll be right back. can 
the mind of God, the state of man, the way of salvation, the doom of sinners, and the happiness of believers. Its doctrines are holy, its precepts are binding, its histories are true, and its decisions immutable. Read it to be wise, believe it to be safe, and practice it to be holy. It contains light to direct you food to support you, and comfort to cheer you. It is the traveler's map, the pilgrim's staff, the pilot's compass, the soldier's sword, and the Christian's character. Christ is its subject, our good its design, and the glory of God its end. It should fill the memory, rule the heart, and guide the feet. Read it slowly, frequently and prayerfully. It is given to you in life, will be open in the judgment, and be remembered forever. It involves the highest responsibility, rewards the greatest labor, and condemns all who trifle with its holy precepts. The King James Bible, God's Holy Book. Amen, amen, and amen. Welcome back to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. This is Joe Rusiello. If uh, if you have an active speaker account, don't forget to head on over to our chat group. If you have any questions, comments, cares, concerns, or prayer requests, you can always drop them on in there. All right, uh, episode number one hundred two of the Sword of the Spirit podcast, and we are in the Book of Revelation. Chapter number 16. Revelation, chapter number 16. 
and we'll begin in verse number 1. And I heard a great voice out of the temple saying to the seven angels, Go your ways and pour out the vials of the wrath of God upon the earth. All right, now, in this study, there are a lot of things that we've overlooked. And not because we desire to, it's just that time really won't allow us to. Um, I mean, we could, take a, we could take a study of the book of Revelation and we could drag it on for like three years. Um, you know, a teacher has to, you know, kind of evaluate, you know, what to hit, what not to hit. Uh, and I don't want to drag the thing on too long. I, what I want to do is give you an overall look at the book. Uh, I want you to have some kind of an understanding of the book and, uh, you know, have a better understanding of it by the time we're done. But um, the, the reason I said that was, is that I'm looking at verse 1, where he says, And I heard a great voice. Man, you could spend 30 minutes on those two words alone, great voice. You know, you could start chasing that thing down in the Word of God, and you can come up with all kinds of things, you know, right there on those two words, great voice. But... Um, you know, I'd, I'd be 30 minutes into this thing, and uh, we wouldn't even be through verse number one. So that's why I say, you know, I kind of overlook a lot of things. Uh, and again, it's not necessarily intentional, but, you know, just trying to weigh things in the balance of what to give you and what not to give you. But hopefully, hopefully, you'll find a source of motivation in some of those things to, uh, you know, chase down a few of your own bunny, bunny trails, as it were. And uh, you'll find blessings in these things and, you know, running these things down. Get yourself a good concordance if you don't already have one and, you know, chase some of these things down. Because a voice in your Bible uh, that has any kind of adjective in front of it, like we have here, great voice, is generally associated with some great event. Like, for example, the rapture, you know, the voice of the archangel, the trump of God. So great events are usually associated with great voices, all right? And I heard a great voice out of the temple saying to the seven angels, all right, so the voice is coming out of the temple, which is obviously indicative of the fact that it's the voice of God himself. God is speaking. Go your ways and pour out the vials of the wrath of God upon the earth. All right, now this is the third sequence of plagues that hit the earth during the tribulation. We've already seen the first two. And uh, do you remember what the first one was? The first one was what? It was the seven seals, right? All right. That was a hard question, wasn't it? All right. Uh, the second group was what? The second group was the seven trumpets, right? Okay. So the seven seals the seven trumpets, and now the seven vials. All right, now, these are the three sets of plagues that hit the earth during the tribulation period. Seven seals, seven trumpets, seven vials. And we're on the third set, right? Just the beginning. Go your ways and pour out the vials of the wrath of God upon the earth. All right, so this is the beginning of the third set, and this is obviously, you know, down in the latter part of the tribulation period. And what this appears to be 
you know, as, as, we, as we get into this thing here, this appears to be God's judgment, especially aimed at the beast and his satanic kingdom. And of course, that's what, that's what we really started looking at from, you know, chapter 13. Yeah, chapter 13 and going on. And, uh, but there are some parallels to Revelation chapter 8 and the trumpet judgments and the vile judgments. So there are some similarities between them, uh, between chapter 8 and chapter 16. And uh, that's not a surprise, you know, uh, even the numerical arrangement of the thing. Because uh, 8 in your Bible, the number 8 in your Bible is the number of new beginning. And so you see in chapter 8, you have the trumpets. In chapter 16, God starts the plagues all over again. A new beginning. Amazing things in this book, amen? It's amazing things. All right, verse 2. And the first went and poured out his vial upon the earth, and there fell a noisome and grievous sore upon the men which had the mark of the beast and upon them which worshipped his image. All right, now, the word noisome is an old English word that simply means to annoy or uh, troublesome or vexing, you see? So it's a root word for our word annoy. So those that have the mark of the beast are troubled with a sore upon the men that had the mark of the beast. And it's probably something parallel to what Job had. You know, um, Job had open sores like boils, and the, and the devil plagued him with that. So now God plagues the devil's crowd with the same thing. Sowing and reaping kind of business right there. So that's plague number one. And um, all right, verse three. And the second angel poured out his vial upon the sea, and it became as the blood of a dead man, and every living soul died in the sea. All right, let's just go ahead and read on. And the third angel poured out his vial upon the rivers and the fountains of waters, and they became blood. And I heard the angel of the waters say, Thou art righteous, O Lord, which art and wast and shalt be, because thou hast judged thus. For they have shed the blood of saints and prophets, and thou hast given them blood to drink, for they are worthy. And I heard another voice out of the altar say, even so, Lord God Almighty, true and righteous are thy judgments. All right, now we have the second and third angel pouring out their vials here, okay? The second one pours his vial upon the sea, and it becomes as the blood of a dead man. Now, I don't precisely know the, the chemical difference between the blood of a dead man and the blood of a live man. But, um, you know, not being chemists, I, I believe that we can, we can surmise that the blood of a dead man is stale, coagulated, right? That makes sense, doesn't it? When somebody dies, it doesn't, take, doesn't really take very long before they begin to stink. And, uh, you know, the biggest problem is the blood. And so, you know, when they take a corpse and they embalm them, what do they do? Well, the first thing they do is they drain the blood. You know, and uh, that eliminates a great deal of the odor associated with the thing. All right. Now, uh, just last week, I think it was, right? I think it was just last week that we were studying. Uh, we were talking about um, uh, how closely parallel salt water is to blood. 
and we said that there are some kind of animals or critters out there in the ocean that don't have any blood. And they've discovered that um, their blood or their circulatory system is actually the seawater. And they have the ability to actually pump this water through them, and it acts like a circulatory system, you know, salt water. Now, they tell us, science tells us, that uh, the closest thing to blood is salt water. That's the closest thing to blood, salt water. Uh, so you see, even from a scientific point of view, uh, and, and not that God needs the help of science. He doesn't, you know, but a lot of times God uses it to his, to his advantage. So if salt water is the closest thing to blood, it wouldn't take God much to add one chemical ingredient and boom, you got blood in the sea. Now, there are several interesting parallels in life like that in the chemical world. Now, again, I'm not a chemist, so I can't really comment on this with any kind of real expertise or anything like that. But um, something that I was informed of not that long ago was this. Uh, there are certain things that have the same kind of molecular structure. Now, if you ever took a, a chemistry class in high school uh, or, you know, or whenever, you, know, you studied the molecular structure and different chemical compounds and specific gravities and you know, all that stuff. Um, the molecular structure of sugar is the same molecular structure of heroin. Did you know that? It's fascinating, isn't it? And do you know what sugar is? Well, sugar's addictive, isn't it? Sugar's addictive. And you know how I know that? Because I'm a sugar addict. <laughs> That's how I know that. You know, chocolate, mm, let me have it. <laughs> you know, where is it? Uh, with desserts, oh yeah, <laughs> desserts, bring them on, <laughs> you know, bring them on. Now, I, of course, I've been trying to lay off the sugar, you know, I was, I was, I'm a diabetic, so I need to be careful of that stuff, you know, so I've been trying to lay it off to see, you know, lay off the stuff, and I've been pretty good with it, too, you know. Um, I haven't really had very much sugar, you know, in, say, about three weeks, you know, I haven't really had hardly anything. Uh, but, you know, the first you know, the first time when you, when you try to give it up, that first week, it's a little rough, you know. But um, yeah, I've been doing good with it. I've been doing really good with it. So uh, obviously it's not as addictive as heroin, though. Um, you know, you can quit eating it, and you'll feel a little jumpy for a little bit. But um, you can quit. I, I, guess, I guess a heroin addict, you know, feels a little bit more jumpy, right? No, actually, he feels a lot jumpy. But the point of it is, is there are similarities, there are similarities, and they say that the basic molecular structure of sugar and heroin is the same. All right, now if salt water is the closest of anything we know of to blood, you can see it wouldn't be hard for God to do some, you know, little freaky thing in nature, and boom, all of a sudden, you have an ocean full of stale, coagulating blood. All right, now it says, as of a dead man. So I'm also going to assume that it's going to stink to high heaven. You know, all of a sudden, that piece of waterfront property isn't going to be worth all that much money anymore. You know, these folks that go out and, and pay hundreds of thousands of dollars, even millions of dollars for just like, you know, 10 feet of it, you know, it's not going to be so valuable all of a sudden. All right. Now, um, well, that's what happens with the ocean. All right. But uh, now the freshwater suffers also. All right, verse 4, And the third angel poured out his vial upon the rivers and the fountains of water, and they became blood. So that's the source of fresh water. 
All right, now this is just a repetition of what happened in Egypt back in the book of Exodus when Moses was used by the hand of God to call the plagues down upon the Egyptians. So we see a lot of repeat performances in the book of Revelation as we compare it to the Egyptian plagues. And so the, uh, the drinking water is becoming blood. And that's a pretty tough deal. That's a pretty rough deal. All right, and I heard the angel of the water say, Thou art righteous, O Lord, which art and wast and shalt be, because thou hast judged thus. All right, now the, the angel says the Lord's right in judging this way. Says the Lord's righteous in judging this way. Well, why? Well, verse 6 is the answer. For they have shed the blood of saints and prophets, and thou hast given them blood to drink, for they are worthy. You see, by the time we get to this particular point in the tribulation, it's become very fashionable, as it were, to martyr the saints. There's a whole lot of saints being martyred for their faith. And it becomes, you know, like kind of a repeat performance of the, of, of, uh, the Roman Caesars and, and Nero. And, uh, you know, you can expect that thing to become a, a spectacle sport again. You know, martyring Christians. All right, so the angel comes and says it's a righteous thing. They've been shedding the blood of the prophets and the saints. Let them drink it. See, You see, it's sowing and reaping. Sowing and reaping. The Lord majors on sowing and reaping. And you see that all through the Bible. All right, verse 7. And I heard another voice out of the altar say, even so, Lord God Almighty, true and righteous are thy judgments. Now, who do you suppose this voice is out of the altar? Who do you suppose that is? Now, do you remember chapter 6? Way back in chapter 6? The saints, already martyred saints. John said, I see the souls of those who were beheaded for Jesus under the altar of God. That's what that is. And so he saw them, and he identified them, and they cried out, How long, O Lord, wilt thou wait? Thy judgments which are righteous and true. And the Lord responds and says, Yet a little while. All right, now judgment is coming on the world. And so the martyred saints are represented by this voice crying out from under the altar. Even so, Lord God Almighty, true and righteous are thy judgments. They're finally getting their request. Their prayer is being answered, and they're saying, boy, that's it. Amen and amen. Verse 8, And the fourth angel poured out his vial upon the sun, and power was given unto him to scorch men with fire. So the fourth angel causes the sun to scorch men. Now, this is a reversal of the trumpet judgment in chapter 8 and verse 12, where, this, where part of the sun was darkened. So um, and what God seems to be doing with these judgments is he's flip-flopping back and forth here. He's flip-flopping. You know, back in the trumpet judgment, the sun is darkened, and then that's a fulfillment of Joel chapter 2. Now we get over here, and then all of a sudden the sun is scorching them with great heat. Verse 9, and men were scorched with great heat, and blasphemed the name of God, which hath power over these plagues, and they repented not to give him glory. 
it doesn't surprise me that men will be blaspheming God because they're doing that right now. Every time they get mad, they're asking God to damn something. Amen? We'll see that. Um, and, uh, and we'll see it as an extension in, in a greater way of what we've already seen and what we're witnessing presently. So I suppose that it could be said in, in this particular case, you know, God allows the sun to burn men to give them a foretaste of hell. Now, this is the day that Malachi promised would burn as an oven. You know what? Keep your finger here in Revelation and take your Bible and turn over to Malachi. Malachi is the last book in your Old Testament. Malachi chapter 4. All right, Malachi chapter 4, verse 1. For behold, the day cometh that shall burn as an oven, and all the proud, yea, all they that do wickedly shall be stubble, and the day that cometh shall burn them up, saith the Lord of hosts, that it shall leave them neither root nor branch. But unto you that fear my name shall the Son of Righteousness arise with healing in his wings, and ye shall go forth and grow up as calves of the stall. So God says that there's a day coming when he'll burn like, an ov- like as an oven all the proud and all that do wickedly shall be as stubble. But he says unto them that fear his name, and, and, and we read just a chapter or two back, um, where did we read about the everlasting gospel? Uh, Revelation, Revelation 14, 6, right? Yeah. Revelation 14, 6. Let's take a quick look at it. Revelation 14, 6. And I saw another angel fly in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach unto them that dwell on the earth and to every nation and kindred and tongue and people. Now, I want you to notice the next verse. The next verse is the definition of the everlasting gospel. Verse 7, saying with a loud voice, Fear God and give glory to him, for the hour of his judgment is come, and worship him that made heaven and earth and the sea and the fountains of waters. All right, so the everlasting gospel is not the gospel of Christ that we preach in this age. Okay? The everlasting gospel is not the gospel of Christ that we preach in this age. Now, it's going to be just as blasphemous just as blasphemous for folk in the tribulation to preach the gospel of Christ as it would f- be for us to preach the everlasting gospel. You see, it it would be blasphemous for us to preach the everlasting gospel to folks. Here's how to get saved, you know. Here's what you need to do to get saved. You need to fear God and give glory to Him and worship Him that made the heaven and earth and the sea and the fountains of waters. Well, that doesn't save people. That doesn't save people. It's repenting and trusting the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ that saves folks. Amen? But when you get to the tribulation, they're preaching an everlasting gospel. All right? Now, that gospel is clear. It has to do with fearing God and giving Him the glory and recognizing Him as the Creator. All right? Now, that says something to me. That says some things to me. Because when we get back over here in chapter 16... And they blasphemed the name of God, which hath power over these plagues, and they've repented not to give him glory. All right, so God says he's going to 
he's going to burn the mess up like an oven. But there are some who the son of righteousness, who is Jesus Christ, is going to take care of with healing in his wings. Well, who is that? Those that fear God. That's the ones that respond to the everlasting gospel. So do you see how the whole thing ties together between Malachi 4 and Revelation 14 and Revelation 16? It all dovetails together. Now, there's probably another point that could be made uh, in addition to that, and it's this. Um, as we see the day approaching when, uh, when, when men subscribe to um, every wind of doctrine and seducing spirits and doctrines of devil that Paul warned us about, uh, and, and, and also like he described to us over in Romans chapter 1, as we see this day approaching, men are going to be putting more and more emphasis on worshiping the creation, not the creator. Worshiping the creation, not the creator. So as we go on in ancient history, um, we see that men frequently worshiped the sun, you know, S-U-N, in the sky, the sun in the sky. And uh, we see a, a variety of episodes uh, of, of that from, like, the, um, the Aztecs to the Incans to the Egyptians to the Babylonians to the Syrians and, you know, to who knows who, you know, worshiping the sun, worship the sun. What the Lord's going to do is take their God, small g, and scorch them with it. Sowing and reaping. Sowing and reaping. They didn't worship the creator of the sun. But those that will and abide by the everlasting gospel, then God is going to take care of them and preserve them. Okay? So they're scorched with great heat. Uh, they, they blasphemed the name of God, which hath power over these plagues, and they repented not to give him glory. All right, now notice that they repented not to give him glory. They repented not to give him glory. And the everlasting gospel is what? Verse 7 of chapter 14. Fear God and give glory to him. It's, it's really not very complicated once you start looking at all the verses. It's really not. In other words, they didn't respond to the gospel that was preached they didn't respond to the gospel that was preached to them. It just so happens that it's a different gospel that you and I preach. But it's a different age. It's a different age. But, you see, ultimately the result is the same. Men that don't respond to the gospel we preach in this age eventually get the same judgment. They burn like a French fry. So men are held accountable to respond to the gospel that's preached to them in the dispensation in which they live. And I'm going to say that again. Men are held responsible and accountable to respond to the gospel that's preached to them in the dispensation in which they live. Now, thankfully for us, it's a pretty simple gospel. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ with all thine heart, and thou shalt be saved. Aren't you glad it's that easy? Aren't you glad? Amen. Amen. All right. Uh, so verse 10. Verse 10. Um, now, before I go any further, I, I want to make this comment, okay? How the cults 
arrive at all of their twisted theology, and, and I've said this before, but I'm going to repeat it because I want you to really get a hold of it. How the cults arrive at their twisted theology is they take some of the everlasting gospel, some of the gospel of the kingdom, and some of the gospel of Christ, and some Old Testament theology, and they'll throw it all into one big pot, and they'll stir it all around and come out with this homogenized mess. That's how cults build their theology. Now, the average Baptist out there has got his, you know, has his theology fairly, fairly straight, and you know, he knows he isn't preaching the everlasting gospel now. He's preaching the right gospel. He's telling people how to get saved. But when he's confronted with these verses that the cults pull out to build their case with, he doesn't know what to do with them. And he feels handcuffed and intimidated. He doesn't know what to do with them because he hasn't sat down long enough to discern the difference between the everlasting gospel and the gospel of Christ. So, you know, when the cultist, whether he's a a, a JW or a Mormon or whatever he might be, comes along and says, here's what the gospel is, it says it right here in Revelation 14, that Baptist somehow just comes to the automatic conclusion that the everlasting gospel and the gospel of Christ must be the same thing. You know, gospel is gospel. Gospel isn't gospel. There's more than one kind of gospel. And that's why the cults feed on biblically illiterate Christians. You know, a good percentage of Mormons are ex-Baptists. Did you know that? A good percentage. That's because those poor Baptists weren't taught anything. And so the cults come along, and, you know, and that, that's why we really try to major on Bible teaching on this show, on this podcast. We don't want to lose anybody to the cults. You know, we lose enough people to the devil, as it is. We don't want to lose them to the cults, too. All right? So let's pick it up here in verse 10. And the fifth angel poured out his vial upon the seat of the beast. All right? Now, do you see what's being indicated here? God is targeting the kingdom of the beast, which is, and as we've indicated in past studies, is the revived Roman Empire, which is basically what you're seeing taking place, you know, with all these political struggles right now, especially in the European theater. You know, what's going on in the European theater is, is the rearrangement and the confederation and the catalyzation of the old Roman Empire. That's the kingdom of the beast. So the fifth angel pours out his vial on the kingdom of the beast, and his kingdom was full of darkness. All right, now, again, this is kind of a reproduction or a repeat performance of what took place, you know, all the way back in Exodus, when God was trying to, was trying to bust Israel out of Egypt. And one of the plagues was darkness upon the kingdom of Egypt. It didn't fall on the whole world. It was just on the kingdom of Egypt. All right, now we have the same kind of thing going on here. It's not fallen on the whole world, but it's fallen on the kingdom of the beast. Even though he has a worldwide influence, his particular kingdom will be the revived Roman Empire. So darkness falls on them, and they gnawed their tongues for pain. So what we see when we, when we see people standing in line for hours 
waiting to buy a loaf of bread and so on and so forth. It's only the beginning of things to come. Do you remember back when COVID came around, the lines of people standing around trying just to buy toilet paper? It's just, it's, it's just uh, a sign of things to come. So if you do miss the rapture, if you do miss the rapture, stay away from Europe. That's my recommendation. Um, I mean, I don't know where I'd go if I missed the rapture. I don't know. I think I would. I, well, I, I, I was going to I was going to say maybe the South Pacific, but then all that water is going to be turned to blood. So I don't know. Yeah, I guess, you know, the best recommendation is don't miss the rapture. I guess that would be the best one. Get saved. All right. Verse 11. And blaspheme the name of God of heaven because of their pains and their sores and repented not of their deeds. All right. Now, this is kind of an amazing thing. And, you know, when I first started to study the book of Revelation, you know, my, my first real exposure to it was about 20 years ago in a Bible study led by my then pastor. And, um, and I was fascinated by the whole thing, you know. But uh, some of the things I remember focusing on seemed totally, like, outlandish to me, like ridiculous. But now they don't stand out to me that way anymore. You know, a lot's changed in 20 years. You know, uh, and, and one of the things that seemed totally out of sync to me was how men could suffer sores and scorching heat and all the other plagues described there and not repent. Because, you see, at the time, repentance was still fresh on my mind. I had just repented and gotten saved. And, you know, the only thing that got me to repent was a good sermon on hell. You know, I didn't burn. I didn't fry. I didn't gnaw my tongue for pain. I just heard a sermon and sweat a little bit, and I got saved. I repented, man. I repented. It seemed to me that, that um, this business about repenting uh, or repenting not was just the most far-out thing that I could imagine. And it was really hard for me to conceptualize this thing. But now, as, as I deal with people, and, and I have over the last many years, and in, and in particular the last few, and I began to see how totally nonchalant people are about the gospel, you know, how they could, they could shrug it off with disdain and compromise. I mean, if they can do that now, with the Holy Spirit still here, pressing conviction on their heart, I'm beginning to see the reality of those verses. I'm beginning to see how that could actually take place. You know, it's, it's still hard to imagine, but I can see it more now than I could 20 years ago. Verse 12, And the sixth angel poured out his vial upon the great river Euphrates, and the water thereof was dried up, that the way of the kings of the east might be prepared. All right, now, um, the Euphrates River starts somewhere up in Turkey. And I, I, in some ways, I kind of wish we were doing a video podcast because then I could show you a map. Uh, it would probably be a little bit more clear. But if you have a, a Bible map in the back of your Bible there, you can look it up there as we're talking about it. But uh, the Euphrates River starts somewhere up in Turkey, and then it comes down through Iraq. Um, and like I said, if you look at the geography on a map, you know, that landmass down there is a natural corridor from east to west, uh, from Asia to the Middle East. So it's a massive river. I've, I've, I've never been there, so I, I would guess it is. Um, 
it, it would present some kind of a problem for infantry to move across that thing, you know. And, and I know that modern armies, you know, they have, you know, engineers and pontoon bridges and all that kind of stuff. But for whatever particular reason that I can't fully appreciate at this point, God says he's going to dry the thing up for the way of the kings of the east so that, they, that the way might be prepared. Now, interestingly, if you if you you can Google this, you can look it up online. Uh, the Euphrates River is drying up slowly but surely. There are portions of the river that that haven't been exposed to to uh, to air and daylight in quite a long time. But the Euphrates River is slowly drying up. Now, let's look at the next verse. And I saw three unclean spirits like frogs. Now, it doesn't say they were frogs. It says like frogs. All right. Now, I was looking at that uh, a little earlier today, and it's, you know, it's another one of those bunny trails that we could chase. And I could probably spend another hour, maybe half an hour on frogs. And uh, the question is, why does God compare these spirits to frogs? Well, what you'd have to do is study frogs in your Bible. But uh, you recall there was a plague of frogs, was there not, back in Egypt? And so there's probably some kind of a similarity there. But these unclean spirits are compared to frogs. Come out of the mouth of the dragon, and out of the mouth of the beast, and out of the mouth of the false prophet. So this this is the satanic trinity. And it would appear, then, that an unclean spirit comes out of the mouth of every one of them. For they are spirits of devils, working miracles, which go forth unto the kings of the earth and of the whole world to gather them to the battle of that great day of God Almighty. Now, we ran this out a little bit last week, but briefly again, so that you can get the picture here. You have Europe, and, you have, and, and, and this is the seat of the beast, all right? And you have the Middle East. And you have the king of the north, and you have the king of the south, uh, and that's Africa. You, ha- you have to read a lot of scripture to put all of this together, folks. You, you have to read your Bible. But when you read it, you can see that the Bible has described today, 2023. Okay, We are living prophecy, you and I, right now in this age in which we live, because all of the players and the stage is all set for the end times. Everything is all, you know, all the ingredients are there. Everything is ready to go. It's ready to blow. All right, now, the beast and his revived Roman Empire uh, sets up his kingdom. All right, now, sometime early on in the tribulation, the king of the north marches down on Israel, and you find that over in Ezekiel 38 and 39. And he comes down, but the Lord defeats him, okay? The Lord defeats him with a great earthquake and so forth up in the hills of northern Palestine, and we read about that. And, um, but then later on in the tribulation, the Lord sends through the devil, he utilizes the devil to his advantage, sends these unclean spirits out to gather the kings of the world for battle. Here's what they're doing. The beast comes down as a great defender of Israel, but somewhere after the midpoint of the tribulation, he sets himself up as an object of worship sets himself up on the throne in this uh, resurrected temple. At that time, he begins to horrendously 
persecute Israel. Okay, and so they flee. They go east and south to Edom and Moab and Ammon. That's where they, that's where they fell to hide, okay? Um, um, sorry, that's where they flee to hide. Uh, and so in, in Matthew chapter 24, they're hiding out in the wilderness. Pray that your flight be not on the Sabbath day nor in the wintertime. So they're running and hiding for their lives. And they're being transported, as it were, on the wings of a great eagle. Now, we've studied that. We said, maybe that's the United States. You know, we don't know. It's just speculation. Not really sure. Uh, But interestingly, the United States is characterized by what? An eagle. International symbol, right? Uh, But again, we really don't know. Um, What God is doing here, uh, he's now got the Antichrist sitting in the south. The king of the north pulls back and regroups a little bit and says, all right, let's take another stab at it because, the uns- because of this unclean spirit that goes out. Okay, here he comes. The, the Euphrates River is dried up, and here comes the king of the east. All right, now the king of the east, um, and there, there are all kinds of people out in the east, but the primary one is, is who? It's China, right? China. You've got 200 million men at arms in China, either in their active army or in their reserve army. 200 million men. Now, before we're finished with the book of Revelation, that 200 million number comes into play. And, uh, okay, here they come, all right? Now, what they're doing is, is they're coming to battle each other. But when they get there, Jesus Christ shows up with his army and reveals himself. Then, all of a sudden, they unify to do battle against the Lord. All the players are there except for the king of the south. I mean, he's there too, but, but he gets wiped out previous to this time. And we read about that in Daniel chapter 11. So the, the king of the north takes care of him. Yeah, the king of the north takes care of him. So he, he's, he's kind of out of the picture by the time this thing rolls out, the king of the south, Africa. All right, now look at the end of verse 14 to gather them to battle of that great day of God Almighty. Behold, I come as a thief. Blessed is he that watcheth and keepeth his garments, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. So the Lord is giving an admonition to these tribulation saints, and he gathered them together into a place called, in the Hebrew tongue, Armageddon. Now don't you find it fascinating that that Time and Newsweek and AP and, you know, all the rest of them still use this word, Armageddon. And they use it fairly frequently. You know, and then all the news commenters, commentators use this word, and, you know, and it's a Bible word. That's the only place that it has any roots, the Bible. It's a Bible word, Armageddon. All right, so he gathers them together in the Hebrew tongue, Armageddon. The word Armageddon means the mountain of Megiddo. And uh, you'll find Megiddo on your Bible maps. Uh, This area has been long known as to be one of the world's great battlefields. And it's here where the last battle will be fought between Christ and the Antichrist. All right, let's look at verse 17. And the seventh angel poured out his vial into the air, And there came a great voice out of the temple of heaven from the throne, saying, It 
is done. All right, now this voice is evidently the same one that we saw in verse 1 coming out of the temple. The seventh angel comes out, and he pours out his vial into the air. Why the air? Well, this is the realm assigned to Satan. Isn't he called the prince of the power of the air? And the judgments thus far have touched the world of nature, the world of mankind, but not the mastermind behind it all, Satan. However, from this point on, Jesus will deal with Satan's religious system, his political system, his army, and that old serpent himself. When the seventh vial is emptied out, the throne and the temple of heaven unite and saying, it is done. The mystery of God is finished. The souls under the altar can no longer ask how long. This announcement reminds us of Christ's words on the cross when he said, it is finished. When the new heaven and the new earth are ushered in, God will again say, it is done. So there you have it. So God pours a vial out in the air. Now exactly what happens on the air, we're not told. Um, we know of several other events that have taken place in the air previous to this in Revelation, in Joel and other passages, you know, uh, the moon, the sun, the stars, and, and, and so on. But what else is going on in the air? I, I, I really don't know, but it's something dramatic. Something dramatic. And there were voices and thunders and lightnings, and there was a great earthquake such as was not since men were upon the earth. So mighty an earthquake and so great. So what God is saying there is, when it comes to the earthquake world, you ain't seen nothing yet. If California falls into the ocean, that'll be the time. You know, and a lot of folks, a lot of, a lot of folks in, in the science community say that it's going to. Now, I don't know if it is or not, but if it's going to, that'll be the right time there. And I suppose that if any part of America really deserves to fall into the ocean... You know, you talk about a place where sin has been left unchecked. I mean, that's the place. It's out of control. So now, evidently, this earthquake has a worldwide effect. But it has a particular effect on the Middle East. Look at verse 19. And the great city was divided into three parts, and the cities of, and the, cities of the nations fell. And great Babylon came in remembrance before God, to give unto her the cup of the wine of the fierceness of his wrath. All right, now we'll discover who that great Babylon is in the next chapter, chapter 17. And uh, chapter 17 will give us a, a, a definition of that. But um, it appears that this earthquake divides Jerusalem into three parts. But that isn't the only city to be judged because great Babylon comes up for judgment, uh, as, as several others do as well. Verse 20, And every island fled away, and the mountains were not found. So I suppose if you miss the rapture and you're hiding out in the tribulation, uh, an island wouldn't be a good place, and the mountains wouldn't be a good place either. Well, you say, well, where do you go? I guess... Um, Man, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Get saved. <laughs> Just get saved. That's all. Get saved. I, don't, I really don't know what else to tell you. 
get saved. You know, maybe the middle of the Sahara Desert is a good place to go. I don't know. You know, but um, it really doesn't look like there's going to be any safety anywhere, does it? You know, maybe go to Jerusalem and run off to Edom with the rest of them. You know, that might be the safest deal. You know, in reality, if you miss the rapture, you know, that's really what you're going to have to do to be saved. You know, become a Jewish proselyte. That's what you have to do. You know, what did folks have to do in the Old Testament? Well, in reality, you know, they had to, in so many words, become a Jewish proselyte. So in other words, they had to subscribe to the Jewish religion, didn't they? Well, sure they did. But what was the Jewish religion? Well, it was a system of sacrifices, atonement, and so on. And they had to subscribe to that to be saved. Didn't Rahab, the harlot, have to subscribe to the Jewish religion? Sure she did. Sure she did. And, and you, 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 know, you find a lot of Gentiles in the life of King David, don't you? You know, so-and-so the Hittite, right? You read, about, you read all about those guys. And, but um, what did they do? They became Jewish proselytes. Now, the gospel of the kingdom that's being preached at the beginning of the tribulation is a Jewish gospel. Well, how do I know that? Because it's the same gospel that Peter was preaching after the ascension, clear up to Acts chapter 7, 8, and 9. Then the Lord straightened him out and said, wait a minute, you can't preach that anymore, the gospel of the kingdom, you see? The whole thing revitalizes in the tribulation. It starts all over again. So, you know, what do folks have to do to be saved? Well, in effect, they have to become a Jewish proselyte. In other words, they have to subscribe to that gospel. Now, why? Because God resumes his dealings with and resumes his program with Israel. That's what he does. That's why the cults of this world so dramatically try to impress upon everyone's mind that God is done with Israel. They're all amillennial in one way or another. You know, the Pope would try to convince you that God is done with Israel. And his church has replaced Israel as far as God's concerned. You know, the Mormons, the JWs, the Christian scientists, the Hare Krishnas, and all the rest of them would like you to believe the same thing, you see? But of course it's not true. It's not true at all. All right, now verse 21. And there fell upon men a great hail out of heaven, every stone about the weight of a talent, all right, so to give you a better appreciation for that, a talent is about 120 to 125 pounds. That's a big hailstone, folks. State Farm is going to have a mess. A 125-pound hailstone. I think that would just kind of mess up your day, wouldn't it? I mean, those things would come right through your roof. I mean... A hailstone dropping from about 5,000 feet that weighs 125 pounds coming straight down, that thing would be like a bomb. I mean, it'd go right through your roof. That'd wreck your TV set. (laughs) And men blasphemed God because of the plague of the hail, for the plague thereof was exceeding great. Now, a few weeks ago, we had a hailstorm roll through here while I was driving to my house, and uh, they were little bitty hailstones and it sounded like they were going to break through the windshield of my car you know and then when i got to my house and i got out of my car i got pelted with those little hailstones and believe it or not i actually had bruises from them do you know what kind of dent a 125 pound hailstone would put in the pavement in front of you not even regarding what it would do to your car if it hit it 
imagine what it would do to the pavement in front of you. When you stop and think about it, 100-pound hailstones, what will it do to the trees? It'll level everything, folks. It'll It'll level everything in sight. The hail finishes everything off. It just pulverizes it. And man still blasphemes God. Still blasphemes God. All right? And with that, folks, we have come to the end of Revelation chapter 16. Well, we tried something different tonight. We didn't take a, a break in the middle of the, uh, of the Bible study itself, and I hope that was, uh, that was helpful to you to kind of keep the flow of things going. So uh, we might continue on with that. I'd love to get your feedback on it, so why don't you drop me a note at info at sortofthespiritpodcast.com and let me know what you think about that. And uh, so if you have any questions about what we talked about tonight, don't forget to send them over. And uh, with that, folks, I just want to say thanks so much for uh, tuning in tonight to the Sword of the Spirit podcast in our Thursday night Bible study. Head on over to our website, swordofthespiritpodcast.com, and you can send us over a message by clicking on that wake, on that uh, contact form. Or if you could uh, take a look at our uh, support this podcast button, why don't you, uh, if you can, help us out a little bit. Folks. Lord willing, we'll see you Thursday. Until then, win the loss, no matter the cost. God You've bless you. You've been listening to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. If you have any questions or comments, visit our website at swordofthespiritpodcast.com and send us a message. Or email us directly at info at swordofthespiritpodcast.com. Until next time, God bless you and good day.